0: Welcome to the Libertarian Tex Mex podcast. With your host, Caesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, long time no speak. Uh, this is the Libertarian Tex-Mex, Caesar Aguirre. I guess it kind of works, it's like a double entendre there, right? I, I do consider myself a Tex-Mex Libertarian, right? Uh, but also the whole concept of the Libertarian Tex-Mex is uh, this idea of kind of melting ideas, merging cultures together. I mean, Tex-Mex is... A huge mix of a lot of things that's kind of turned into its own thing but very specifically you know um i think you can really find that mixing libertarian laissez-faire uh idea in you know you know what we consider the free market is really just volunteer people two people volunteering to exchange ideas or um services or whatever and then the blending of the two is something new and it's something really cool that happens in laissez-faire right in kind of just this let it be environment um, that is very unique and i think it's um, something very unique uh, you know uh, specifically to like the texas area tex-mex you have mexican cajun you have um, the irish scots that came in germans right Um, Native American, etc. You have all this mix of of African American, right? All this mix of different types of cultures and different type of foods. And the cool thing is, um, I think when you look at, you know, where does the state play in those realms, you know, a lot of times, you know, the state, or you could say, I, I use the word state in general, but let's say a federal government, a state government, a city government, more oftentimes than not, they usually end up you know, um, assisting in segregating uh, different parts of society where you don't get the blends, right? You have, you know, a, an area where there's only Germans, you know, or only Eastern European, or something like that, right? I'm thinking of something like maybe like a Detroit, um, you know, um, a New York, right? The villages where it's only one culture concentrated in a village, um, and they don't go outside of their blocks. And uh, here, you know, I, I think about Houston specifically. There's no zoning laws, so you can't segregate um, the communities, um, which I think is really cool. But then you see some tremendous, you know, not just, uh, well, you see some clashing, right? But then you also see some blending. And I think it's a really cool thing about being Tex-Mex, specifically being libertarian. Um, You know, we should support those types of things to say, hey, you know, not everything is set in stone. Culture is not set in stone. It's always changing. It's always evolving. Um, and let's see what happens here, right? Um, so, I think it's a really cool hodgepodge, um, not just culturally and food-wise, but also ideas-wise. You know, um, you know, libertarianism isn't isn't like um, you know isn't like reading the Bible, right? It's not uh, verbatim. So sometimes there's some loose interpretations of libertarianism, and I think it's really good and important to understand and and learn about these different types of ideas, right? There's some people, I have some great friends that actually believe in anarcho-communism, which basically is like the volunteer version of communism, um, where you have your own society that, you know, is looking out for the entire whole versus the individual, pulling in resources, obviously not having income or anything like that, uh, but the whole idea is is that it's in a free state, meaning people volunteer to be in these things in these communes, so to speak right um and you know from a libertarian perspective that's really it's volunteer right so if you want to be in those types of environments, you can um I think for uh us as libertarians, I think we just want to say, hey, this is totally your your option right? Just be aware of the the consequences or the sacrifices. I think the I think the probably the the strong delineation between let's say a libertarian um, or versus maybe an absolute socialist or communist um, is you know this idea that the state is going to tell you what you can and can't do um, and ultimately you know it it falls down to this idea that you know um, it's not voluntary it's involuntary right. Um, you were born in it, you have no choice, um, you can't say anything about it, be grateful for what you get, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think that type of coercion, that type of force um, is not a good thing, right? Um, I think if anything is going to be put on you, it needs to be sold, right? It needs to be convinced just like you do you know, with the food you decide to pick or the clothes you decide to wear, or the house you decide to buy, that thing the person the seller has to convince you that this is a good thing right then you've got you know then you've got negotiations you've got selling you know etc like that they have to sell you on the idea and then you buy it right and then obviously for their so their side they need some type of commitment you know so then you have contracts you know so anyways diving a little deep on there but uh I just libertarian text max, kind of a double entendre uh, but also, you know, it kind of reminds me that, hey, I, you know, originally I wanted to make this um, podcast about food and about the culture of Texas and how libertarianism, the ideas of libertarianism, like not just the word, but the concepts, right, of laissez-faire and volunteer association and maybe public-private partnerships. Like, how are those things um, influenced in our society? And then obviously... We have to. uh, We have to not be afraid to see where state regulatory power also has impact. It also has influence, both in the positive and negative. um, And then understand the cost of what those things are. You know. So it's 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 one of those things where sometimes you have to have to accept what is right, or not maybe not what is, but Except that maybe this is like kind of like a people use the term scientific fact right let's just use the answers as these are the answers and let's not be afraid that these are the answers maybe the solutions are different maybe there's consequences maybe we there's a price to pay so to speak right but um, we can't be afraid to say yes climate change is an issue right climate change exists pollution exists Um, I think as us as libertarians, we shouldn't be afraid to say those things. To say, yeah, there's a problem. You know, um, we can see it, right? It's night and day. There's a problem. Uh, I think the only difference is in the conversations we're having is not about do these problems exist, but what is our answer to the problem. And that's where I think we can really make an impact. Um, you know, thinking of something, an example like climate change. You know we know i mean the data is getting stronger and stronger and stronger that this is a real situation um and some people are behind uh, behind the curve on that one meaning uh, behind the curve uh, in the sense that they're just waiting for you know the skies to be burning red before they're going to admit that there's something wrong and there's also some people that are way on the um, ahead of the curve um who are just screaming bloody mary that the world is you know, the the sky is red right now, even though it isn't. So um, I think we need to balance it a little bit and say, hey, we recognize there's a problem. Um, we don't think the solution is massive a massive regulatory body, a massive, you know, government change. I think maybe as libertarians, we're going to offer our part is going to be focusing more on solutions that we can find in the market, right? Um, you know carbon capture carbon filters um, energy-efficient uh, machines you know electrical car electric cars etc like things that will solve the problem versus just telling people no they can't do something right it's more like offering them a different alternative to say you know um, instead of this gas-powered car you can buy this electric car type of thing right so anyways so the idea is maybe maybe we don't have to to a head-on collision with some other ideas maybe we can say this is just an alternative um, and maybe we should focus on solutions and not on restrictions so anyways um so um i think generally libertarian text max is is so just apropos for everything <laughs> that goes on in my life um and hopefully we'll bring some food back here in a bit um, you know, as I think everybody knows, life gets pretty busy, um, so being able to tackle a regular career and um, a regular life along with a podcast, um, it's pretty daunting. I can totally see why people dedicate their profession to just podcasting, because it's really difficult to balance um, everything else. So, uh, But I'm really glad I still have this, I'm really glad people are still listening, Um so we're going to go through. Today I'm doing a podcast on my own. Um, my you know, my buddy Rob, Rob Calvillo, he has been an awesome uh, companion on some of these podcasts. I believe he's, talk, he's talking about um, doing his own podcast if anybody's interested at all. As soon as he lets me know what that is, I will definitely let everybody know what, what he's talking about. Uh, but I think right now my focus is, is the idea of libertarianism, trying to uh, preach the gospel, so to speak, uh, but not in a um, not in an aggressive way. But just I, I think the big issue that we're facing, which is a conver- which is the main conversation I wanted to talk about today, was was this idea that you know that we're losing our principles, you know, so to speak. That we're just on a day to day basis, you know, especially with the president, especially with all the politicians that are kind of playing the same game. It's this game of like chasing your own tail, um, not understanding our political history um, through time. Um, and then honestly, not really focusing on our principles, not sticking to our ideas, but really just attacking point by point um, and going down this trajectory that I think is not a, a, not a good trajectory for, for Americans, for Texans, for libertarians, for people who believe in a free society I think, it, I think we're going down the wrong path and um, we totally have the control and the power to say to reset our course, right? And it's not just, you know, um, doing a massive revolution, even though some of those work sometimes. It's really a mental shift that we have to do one by one, right? Each person has to kind of wake up, so to speak, from the political game that we all play. And, um, and especially right now, you have... Um, you know you have the impeachment going on you have uh, elections coming up you have political division um, and i think a lot of people are finding it hard to still take a measured balanced response to things especially the way you know our two-party system works our, our republicans and our democrats are basically forcing everybody to choose a side right they're saying if you're not against us if you're not for us you're against us instead of saying no i'm not for you or against you i'm my own my own right like i i'm a third party here and i will decide what i want when i want and i think that's probably the important um you know takeaway from no matter what conversation you have with somebody right um it's really interesting you know um where it's really interesting where you know people who are Trump supporters get really entrenched with their selection Um, and if you criticize or you um, you comment on anything it's automatic a defensive position versus saying you know maybe you're right on that Um, and then likewise it could be said same said for the same on the other side right all the Democrats progressive you know socialist democratic socialist or whatever um you know going out there and kind of defending their position even though they clearly see like this thing like medicare for all is going to be massively expensive or different things you know different things that they want to propose are just not doable um they're not just not um they're not utilitarian in their execution they just don't make sense so i feel like um you have one side who you know the Democratic Socialist or the Democrats who have some very big ideas that just cannot be achieved. Who? <coughs> 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 sorry. Um. These ideas that. Uh, oh Sorry. And get some water. Um. Anyways, they have a lot of um, very broad ideas that just are not achievable in the world real world and they don't know how to execute them likewise on the other side republicans um, very kind of like you know stickler to the book um, very regimented rule oriented and they have no broader vision of a a good of a great society Um, it's very much rule driven Um, You know, everybody follow the rules and if everybody's following the rules, we're all going to have a grand old time. And that's unfortunately just not the reality, right? It just totally doesn't take into account um, human, right? Uh, Being human, having feelings, having personal motivations. And likewise on the other side, right? Um, Democratic and democratic socialists don't take into account um, the individual pursuit, right? Even if you pretend, that you're for the great society, right? You still have ulterior or interior motives, right? So these types of things um, really play hard on Republicans and Democrats. Whereas I think if you take a libertarian perspective, you understand the individual pursuits, you accept it. um, And then all you're doing is kind of creating some very loose boundaries on that. um, And then you can let people decide where they want society to go without going too far but anyways um so yeah so let's get down to it we know we have currently we have uh, president trump's impeachment trial um it's very interesting because i I think um the process that they're taking is a very slow very intentional process um you know a lot of commentary has been like basically most of this time has been spent on whether they should or should not have an impeachment trial and now they're having an impeachment trial um, but you know understand that this doesn't mean that the president will be impeached it just means that they this is to decide whether they should vote to impeach him or not and then still even then it has to pass um, the house and then it has to be approved by the Senate so the likelihood of President Trump being impeached is so small that uh, you start to wonder what the whole point of this is. And, you know, we we get into the weeds of this back and forth of, you know, doing what's right, quote-unquote, by the Democrats at this point. Um, And then on the other side, I think Republicans, you know, rightfully so, conservatives are saying this is there's no point to this um we don't understand you know what's going on or why we're doing this it seems more of like a political stunt than it is anything but i think ultimately whether um you know whether they're right or wrong um i think at the end of the day i don't see president trump being impeached simply because they don't have the strength in numbers to vote this in And i think if you look at the history of impeachment you know well there's only been a few impeachments right in u.s history but the the last impeachment was of uh the attempt was for bill clinton and if you see what happened then is the republicans really try to force this through and because they they made such a spectacle and made and dragged this on so much that they ended up losing a lot of their positions and the you know the democrats ended up being in a majority so Republicans ran this impeachment through at the sacrifice of their own careers. And uh, I kind of predict this is probably going to happen again, right? Impeachment process is not going to go anywhere. We're going to see that this is kind of a political stunt. It's going to hurt the Democrats. And I think, um, I'm hopefully, they've thought about this. And I think especially with an election coming up, if this doesn't, You know, produce any real result of true corruption on a president, I think they're going to look really bad. They're going to have egg on their face. And, um, you know, Republicans could win, could win more seats. Uh, For sure, I don't see any Democrat winning over President Trump um, simply because there's just no energy, right? There's just no energy at all in the Democratic Party and anyway so you know me as a libertarian um you know i have voted um uh, i voted mostly third party and i still feel like there's hope um in the third party vote um it you know it's not going to happen overnight um it is something that you have to keep working on until you and until you develop that momentum um and you hit that threshold but you know i think you know in the last election i think um the numbers that i saw in terms of people who voted for gary johnson um just alone i think that was like four million people which is you know uh, <laughs> in the history of third parties that's pretty good right so and the number keeps increasingly going so i, I think you know one of the things we have to look at is is the long term um, long-term goal of getting more people realizing that we need something better than the two-party system. And I think that first that first thing is going to be people not voting Democrat or Republican anymore. Um, it would be nice to say, hey, why don't we all coalesce on a viable third party, which right now would be the libertarian party, um, the most viable. If we all coalesce to that and pushed a third party in, we'd be able to create a ripple between the Republican and Democratic stronghold that the, that they have on the. US. Um, but I think also at the same time libertarians have to figure out how we're going to convince people voluntarily to do to vote libertarian and I think that's a big uh, issue right now the libertarian party as a a political party um, needs to really figure out is are we in the right direction how can we market ourselves to bring in more people Um, how can we coalesce and and get something through on the elections and I and I think over the years that I've noticed, uh, Libertarian Party is growing steadily. It's growing very quietly, and I think at some point it will, you know, stand out. But right now, I think we just need more participation, um, less of the crazy. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like libertarians are kind of the, the whole concept of libertarianism is individualism, right? So you're going to have individual characters, and I think. I think as a party, we, the Libertarian Party has to figure out how to balance individualism with the group dynamic. I think that's always going to be um, something that that any Libertarian has to balance. So, anyways, I think uh, ultimately in the election, I want a, th- a third party. I want I want to have that influence over the elections, so that way, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, we have a family member. I won't say who, um, but an older family member um, who is kind of in the boomer generation. Right. So for uh, another big trend right now is a hashtag OK Boomer. I won't make fun of them too hard, but um, we will say that there's a certain mindset in the boomer generation. That's either you pick you pick a side. Right. You're either Democrat or Republican and there's no in between um you know you believe in the the you know your political ideology is not whether government should or should not be involved but it's what kind of government should be involved um so you have this very very similar when you think about it you know boomer republicans and boomer democrats who think very much the same you know they're very much how can i use um my power over other people Um, And then, is it for good or is it for bad? And then, you know, basically, here's my interpretation of good. This other person who is my political opponent, their ideas are bad. But they still don't get it, that you're still using government as a tool, right? Um, As a tool to force other people. And I think that whole idea, uh, in truth, you know, when I look at, you know, the political ideology of the generation before, which is the great generation... Um, they were all about volunteerism, right? They all stepped up for World War II. They all stepped up and got into the factories. You know, they all stepped up and um, did the things that they were supposed to do. And a government didn't have to tell them to do that. And I think that's something maybe boomers um, have taken for granted: is that these people willingly, voluntarily got up and did these amazing things. Um, and then, you know, as a, a classic boomer. Uh, mentality is, well, let's cement this ideology and force everybody to do what we think is a good idea. And unfortunately, I think it just fell flat on their faces, right? Now we have massive debts, lots of, um, you know, you know, U.S. military is everywhere, government is just in everything, um, and I think they probably took it too far. And I think it's interesting because I think the way the boomer generation looks at Gen X's like they're you know, a waste of space, um, you know, um, the great generation looks at baby boomers that way to be like, you guys, and I remember several elder people kind of said the, that same thing was like, yeah, you know, these, um, these boomers kind of wasted a good economy um, and they kind of, you know, took things a little too far, too, took things a little too literal. Um, and now, you know, they're, um, they're messing things up. And uh, I, I know a lot of, well, before everybody started passing away, but I know people a lot of the great generation um, really connected with a younger, with the younger generation, you know, especially the rebellious nature, um, kind of standing up for principles. I think, you know, when you look at the Gen X, which is between boomers and millennials, I think just going right off the top of my head. But um, you definitely see this transition from this is the cemented way of the world and Gen X kind of, you know, takes a rebellious stance to it and goes, "Um, I reject this uh, whole view, right? And I'm going to fight for it. And then, you know, you have somebody like a a millennial who is saying, you know, hey, we get the world is fluid, but we just kind of want a normal, we want to be normal, you know? Uh, we just want a nice job we want you know uh, to adventure out a little bit we're not looking to conquer the world so to speak um and we're not looking exactly to to fight a rebellion i think we just want to live a normal life and i think that's where a lot of uh, millennials have a lot in common with the great um the great the greatest generation is because you know they're doing things because they know they have to not because of some ideological perspective so it's really interesting to see how the generations interact especially when it comes to voting but i think one of the things i hear most from um boomers and some gen xers is that voting um if you're not voting democrat or republican you're just wasting your vote so aka if you're voting for anything else a third party a libertarian or know green party or constitution party or anything like that you're wasting your vote and i think it's a really sad argument because you know on the flip side i think anybody who understands the state of democrats and republicans is you know it's essentially one bad party and another bad party you know and and there's always that phrase of like you know you're essentially voting for the lesser of two evils and i think anybody who you know is is listening, understands this concept of, you know, you know, you know Donald Trump is not a good person, you know, but at the same time, any Democrat should know, they should know that Nancy Pelosi, you know, who, whatever, Nancy Pelosi, whoever, is not a good person, right? These are people out for themselves, right? Out for political power, out for financial stability, right? Money in their own pockets, no matter who it is, right? Regardless if it's Donald Trump, Nancy Pelosi, whoever it is, as long as they're a Republican or a Democrat, they're not really focused on principles, you know. And I think that's where we've kind of veered off. Um, you know, if you look at you know the earlier politicians that we know from American history, you know, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, these people. Um, had an idea and, you know, an ideology of, you know, of, of, of freedom, right? And a society where this was the utmost importance. And I think we've very much drifted off from that. And now we're trying to figure out how to carve out the money, you know, that, that we take in from taxes, even though, you know, we really didn't have taxes for, for, for many, many years and people were doing just fine. Um, and i think we are we're we're still catching our tail we're we're just solving each issue on top of another issue that we don't even know where the where the whole thing began and i think you know even we look at my own my own profession this happens a lot too right we're trying to fix the problem in front of us and we don't know all the problems that were fixed behind us we have no history we have no reference We we have no understanding of where this thing started the origin the root cause and, you know, I think the big thing I learned, you know, in my own profession is if you don't understand the root cause, if you don't know where this whole thing started, you're never going to fix this thing, right? You're never going to understand where you need to put the full stop or where you need to put the full forward, right? Um, and I think this is something that I see very much in, you know, the mainstream parties of Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals, or I can't even call them liberals. They don't believe in freedom. They're progressives, Right. Um, you know, these people that are chasing their own tails, thinking only about what's in front of them, and they have no idea what's behind them. And I think as a, uh, anybody who feels like they're a libertarian or a moderate or a classical liberal or whatever it is, is do you understand the root cause? Do you understand the history of where we are today? Um, look at our foreign policy. Look at the Middle East, right? Whether we should stay, whether whether, or whether or not we should stay in Syria, whether we should stay in Iraq, Afghanistan, all these places. If you don't understand the history of why we were there or why it's messed up in the first place, then you will never, ever solve the problem there, right? You will keep fighting a war. You will keep taking sides with one person who just a decade or two ago was our ally, right? or maybe even 4 or 5 decades ago we were fighting them right we were trying to take them out and we have this cycle this vicious cycle of politics that eats everybody up alive and it, this is the problem with with voting the lesser of two evils right it's like no matter what you choose if you choose democrat or republican you're totally deviating from you know a, a middle ground or a good society Um, you know a a society that does value freedoms but it can also balance the needs of the whole Um, you don't get that with democrats or republicans Um, and you know essentially every you know every election cycle we end up doing the same thing right we go well i don't want to vote republican so i'm going to vote democrat or i don't want a democrat so i'm going to vote republican regardless of, of values right we don't look at these people and go you know you like I don't i think you're corrupt i think your ideas are terrible convince me why i should vote for you right and then if you're really convinced that this person is not a good person don't vote for him right this is something that i've had only like i said one of my issue with my own family is that they believe in voting the lesser two evils is okay that we it's, it's better than voting a third party or better better than throwing your vote away so to speak but, I mean, to me, I keep thinking, what is a worse way to, to waste your vote than voting for somebody you don't want, you know? What worse way, you know, what, what worse guilt can you have to go, I either lost and, you know, this other person is doing a terrible job or I did put this person in place and they're doing a terrible job and now I feel even more, I even feel worse. So, so I think... Um, You know, I think voting is that point where you have the ability to influence and impact where the direction of our leadership goes. And for you to say no is a very strong power to say, No, you don't deserve this, you know, you don't deserve my vote. And that's something I have to tell people all the time is instead of thinking, Should I vote A or B, you should be going out there and going, Why should I vote for A? Or why should I vote for B? Right? When somebody comes up and tells you that Trump is bad and you need to vote Democrat, you need to say, "Give me reasons why." Right? What are your talking points? Sell me. Right? M- sell me. Tell me why. Convince me why I should vote Democrat. Or on the other side, right? If you're if you're clearly, <laughs> hopefully, you understand that Donald Trump is terrible, a terrible president, um, then, you know then and somebody's saying well we want you to vote Democrat just so you don't vote for Trump say like, tell me why to give me a reason or this side, if you want to vote if you're voting if you somebody's trying to convince you to vote Republican or Democrat or Libertarian right convince me why I should give my vote to you because that's the the real direction of the conversation it's not about wasted votes it's not about voting the lesser two evils it's about convincing me why your ideas are good and if you can't convince me why your ideas are good you're not getting my vote and i think and i think that we understand that in the free market right we understand that and then in, in laissez-faire you know if i have company a and company b both of these companies have to convince me why they want my business Are they going to offer me something, right? Or am I going to have to go with somebody else completely, right? A third party, a fourth party, a fifth party. So I I think these conversations, as we get closer to the election, make sure you're armed with, right? Understand the history of foreign policy, right? Middle East. It's not just bad people, right? It's bad people we've put in place, you know, it's bad people we put in place who were put in place by by other people or maybe it was bad people we put in place who were our allies at some point um who we you know we were also fighting at some other point so is there a back and forth that we should not be participating in regardless of the outcome to say you know i understand syria is rough but the more involved we get the more colluded the more the more harder it is to understand who is right and who is wrong. And we need to get ourselves out of there, right? Or same thing with Democrats and Republicans with domestic policy. I don't agree with it. Either of these parties, and I don't see why I should give my vote to them. They need to sell. They need to sell me on why my vote should go for them. And if they're not, they're not getting my vote. Maybe I don't vote. You know, maybe I vote third party. Maybe, um, Maybe I go with the other one. It doesn't matter what I do with my vote, but the idea is you're not getting my vote and you need to convince me otherwise. And that's the ultimate power, right? Um, And I think I know a lot. I have a lot of friends out there who, you know, will always tell you, go vote. If you don't vote, you're part of the problem, et cetera, et cetera. I think they lack the understanding of why people don't vote, right? There's so many people out there that don't vote because they feel so like it's not going to matter um and I think they should really turn their vote into power meaning going out there and going convince me and you're not gonna get it unless you convince me that to me I think has good market power right um and then likewise on the other side if parties are not convincing enough people to vote for them they need to figure out how to convince them and um, anyway so looking at this Trump impeachment I mean looking at how the politics are playing, I think ultimately we have to kind of say this is all kind of a wash. It's it's hogwash. Um, you know, this is all kind of theater, right? A lot of people would say that this is kind of political theater to distract us from what we should be really focused on. So I want to say that it's okay to pay attention to these things. It's okay to have an opinion one way or the other. I'm not telling you exactly how to feel about this, but I, I do want to say is that I want you to maintain your focus everybody should maintain their focus on the root cause of these things. How did we get here? You know, understand the history of things. And then honestly focus on our principles, right? If we believe in freedom, you know, do we believe of a, a free society where people should be able to make their own decisions as long as they're not hurting anybody else? Then why do I believe the things I do? You know, um, is there a pathway for us to do to do these things? Are we treating people Uh, fairly and equally Um, you know all those things that we talk about as a fundamental american free society are we maintaining those values or are we just drifting off into something else Um, so think about those things um, as you go through the holidays as well obviously right think about your thanksgiving your christmas um, you know Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever it is, you know, when you're celebrating these holidays, you're doing so voluntarily, right? Because you want to see your family. You want to see your friends. Um, and if you if you don't want to, <laughs> then don't see them, you know? Um, it, this is totally your life, and this is what you want to do. And you understand that you have the liberty to do what you want with your life, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that should really be the core of an American value and you know when you look at you know if you look at candidates like Donald Trump you look at Elizabeth Warren you look at the Democratic Party you look at the Republican Party are they holding up the values of life liberty and property life liberty uh, and the pursuit of happiness sorry and if they're not it's okay to call them out it doesn't mean that you're a traitor or anything like that you know it means that you have to ask honest questions um, to get the honest answer. And don't get me wrong, if you like Donald Trump 60% of the time, it's okay to say that. You don't have to defend him all the time. You can say, I like him on this one thing, but I don't like him on this other thing. Likewise, you know, on the other side, you know, if you're a Democrat who just, you know, if you're a progressive person who just completely hates Donald Trump, make sure you understand why you do that and, and understand that it's not just of, of everything you know because the dude was a democrat by the way which can, makes this completely ironic that to think that donald trump is against Democrat, that donald trump is on one side and democrats are on the other side when really they're much closer to the same side than each other so this idea that democrats and republicans are fighting for power is just complete silliness because they're closer than they think right idea men- mentally um, you know, um, ideologically, they both love to use state power to force other people to do what they want. Um, that's a that's a core concept of Democrats and Republicans. Um, use the government as leverage for individuals. That's just what they do. So, you know, um, when you look at these conversations, remember where they're coming from. Where. Where's the core principle here, and then what are your principles? You know, what do you believe in? Um, you know, I personally believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then I slipped it on the property. I do believe in property as well. Um, I think that has a major influence in society as well. And there's a lot of rights and responsibilities that go with it. But the idea there is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Whether it's a Republican or a Democrat or a libertarian that's holding those values, to me that doesn't matter. Um, What matters is my values. What what matters is my core. Um, And I don't really care about the politics, you know. Whether Trump is being impeached or not, honestly, I don't care. Uh, This is something they do to each other all the time. It's political theater. It's political war. You know, Uh, nobody nobody ever comes out unscathed from these. Um, You know, even the people who are perpetrating Donald Trump, they're probably going to get really burned on this. So this is their own fault, in in all honesty. So I don't really feel bad for either Donald Trump or anybody who's going to kind of push this because I think they're all going to get burnt. And, you know, when you look at the lesser of two evils, if one evil gets burnt, or maybe both evils get burnt, do you really feel bad that the devil got hurt? Nope, I don't. So anyways, last thing I'm going to say is um, thinking about this idea of lesser of two evils put yourself in that position put your beliefs in those positions you know would you would you want to sacrifice your beliefs for the lesser of two evils and I'm thinking about you know most of my friends out there who are Christian think about you know kind of that remember that old concept from the 90s what would Jesus do would you be would you tell Jesus what would you know to vote for the lesser of two evils you know would you what would you think he would do do you think he would actually give up? you know and sell his values um in terms of like going you know you're gonna vote for it we need you to shake hands with the devil or shake hands with lucifer right you're gonna have to pick one you know what whichever one you think is the lesser two evils he'd probably be like no i'm not going to you know do that i have my own beliefs you know my i'm gonna shake hands with god and that's you know ultimately that idea of voting for third party voting for your values um don't waver from that because really we need a center right we need to maintain our center we need to go back to our core values um, not this whole idea of making America great again America is great right everything is great everything is so much better than the decades before right poverty is low you know everybody income is higher um, quality of life is better right speed of information you know everything is just so much better and don't lose sight of that, you know, focus on positive outcomes, try not to get, you know, mired in these these political drama. Um, and don't feel bad. I would say don't feel bad for these people. I'm not going to feel bad for Donald Trump. That guy has, has been such an authoritarian as a president that I don't really feel bad. And the same thing for all those perpetrators, right? They're going to get burnt. They're going to lose their next election. I can guarantee you. Uh, I guarantee you, the Democrats are going to lose the president, the presidency, and they're going to be so butthurt about it, and they're going to blame people for not, for you know, believing in hate or whatever it is they keep saying. Instead of understanding, like, instead of accepting the loss and going, we lost because A, B, C, D, right? We didn't get enough votes. We didn't convince people enough. Blah blah blah. They, they're never going to take that introspection and change. They're always going to believe a lie. Um, I mean look at Hillary Clinton, right? She still thinks that she lost the election because of Russians. It's so silly. And then she's trying to say that people are convincing her to come back. No. Nobody, please, stay. You know, we don't we don't want you. We don't need your authoritarian beliefs. You know, we're already having our own problems with Donald Trump. We don't need an even greater authoritarian in the office. So, anyways, think about those values. Think about how they impact other people. Um, think about how a society can fit multiple values in the same in the same society you know what are the ultimately core values what can we whittle down from everybody with all their needs that's going to be the most important part right keep it simple keep it effective you know that to me i think if you just said let's focus on an effective and simple government and reduce the complexities that would be you know, still libertarian because we <laughs> definitely would be shaving off a lot of government inefficiency so is it okay to say we want an, um, an efficient and a simplified government versus you know the anarcho capitalist is saying I don't want any government no I mean libertarians believe in some type of government it's just what kind and it's okay to say we need a little bit of government we need some government in this position um, we just need to make sure it doesn't go crazy and overboard that's okay to say that Um, and even if you're I mean if you label yourself as a a classical liberal which is essentially a libertarian the foundation of a libertarian classical liberals don't feel bad to say we need government here and we don't need it there Um, the idea is to fundamentally prop up the idea of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness Um, everything else we can work out as a society I think that should be totally okay within the conversation and vocabulary of libertarians and again, at the same time, we need to uphold our values. We need to make sure that our decisions reflect our values. Um, and if we look at somebody like President Donald Trump, or we look at any of the candidates as, a, as Democrats or the representatives that are Democrats or Republicans, the things they say, the things they do, you know, are, ant- are antithetical, you know, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our whole immigration policy is totally antithetical to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The view on taxes, right? The amount of uh, money that they're loaning uh, to the government, the amount of money they want to uh, charge us for all their services is antithetical to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our foreign policy, all our military bases, all the money we throw at the military. Is antithetical to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, Anything these these conversations about Medicare for all, you know, the trillions of dollars they're going to add into the debt and taxes is antithetical to the to, to the values of life, or liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So we need to make sure that our actions and our beliefs are in line with those things. And I think at the core they should be life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That will be regardless of religion, regardless of um, sex, sex, or orient, uh, sexual orientation, gender, anything like that. Those three things—life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness—should be everybody's uh, pursuit, and we should not get in the way of any of those. So, anyways, done with my uh, stump speech here. Um, but I did wanted to say that um, I'm out here. I am. Uh, I'm rocking and rolling, and I want to pr- thank everybody for listening. Um, we're going into the holidays. Um, Thanksgiving's coming up soon. I'm hoping to get out another podcast um, before Thanksgiving, and then maybe one or two before Christmas. I do have a Christmas reunion, family reunion coming up. It's going to take up a lot of my time and energy, uh, but I'm hoping to get something out before uh, before that time. Or who knows? Maybe I'll just start doing a, a podcast while I'm uh, out out and about doing all my stuff. So, anyways, but um, everybody stay out there. Please keep having good discussions with each other. Um, you know, have conversations with your family, with your friends, with your enemies. You know, people who disagree with you, people have different opinions. Let's keep having these conversations. Um, let's let people know that this is not such a divisive country as people think it is. Um, I think we are much more closer and in line than um, a lot of people, media would let you think. Um, and I think our differences are very small and very minute. So. Keep it cordial, keep it positive, and um, let's move forward. All right, I think I'm done now. Um, Enjoy yourselves, and uh, we'll see you next time.